Would you open God's precious holy word to Luke chapter 22? We cannot separate the cradle from the cross. So at least for today, I want to continue in Luke's gospel. In verses 39 through 46, this cup. Let's read the passage here as it's given to us. And having gone forth, he went according to his custom to the Mount of Olives, and then the disciples followed. Then having come to the place, he said to them, pray not to enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and having fallen on his knees, he was praying, saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And having been in agony, he was praying more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down upon the ground. And having risen from the prayer, having come to the disciples, he found them sleeping from the grief. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Having risen up, pray that you might not enter into temptation. If you grew up in church, of course, the account of the passion of Christ is familiar. This is Luke's account of the gospel. There's so many things to focus on, but I want to look at three things in general, and one thing in particular. First of all, I want to consider his custom. The Bible says here it was his custom, Mount of Olives. If you go back to Luke 21, you will see that it was during, the, during that time he was giving the Olivet Discourse about his second coming. And according to his custom, he went to the Mount of Olives, and that's where the people knew to find him. And he would teach them even further, even more. He would teach the people there. But that's pretty much where he and his disciples had set up camp on the Mount of Olives. This was his custom. But he also fell down on his knees and prayed. This was again his custom. Let me take you all the way back to when he was first introduced in his ministry in Luke and in the other gospels as well. And remember that I've told you more than once that God the Son laid aside the glory of his deity and submitted himself to be made in the fashion of a man. The Greek word in John's gospel is eskenison. He, or Aganito, he came to be. We learn, of course, that he was born of the virgin. And by the will of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, by the will of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit, the Son of God became a man. Virgin born, thus uniquely qualified 
as the only begotten of the Father to accomplish what he is doing now in this part of Luke. In this part, the end of his earthly life and his earthly ministry. He came into the world, as he said to Pontius Pilate, he came into the world to die. So he, he's found constantly in prayer in the, in the gospel accounts. He prays to the Father. And he's seen as withdrawing himself from the twelve to be alone with the Father. This is a life. This is a ministry. This is a task that only he could accomplish. So he withdrew from the twelve because he's on holy ground that cannot ever be known by any other man, even the apostles. He has to withdraw from them. Something now is happening that hasn't happened before. The Christ of God finally and at last is coming before the Father to accomplish the task of salvation for his own. Nobody else in all of history since then, before then, ever could do what God the Son had covenanted to do with God the Father. To purchase his own by redeeming them. And it was the will and pleasure of the Father that he would redeem his own with the blood of the covenant. He would have to die. He would have to take upon himself the punishment that would otherwise be meted out upon his elect. But the covenant between the Father and the Son is what was being accomplished now with Christ. So it was his custom then to pray alone to the Father. His custom to seek out and completely and absolutely, as only the Son of God could do, to understand completely and absolutely with, with perfect focus and direction the will of the Father. He had done it all the way through his life. It was that he would do the next thing according to the will of the Father. Here's the deal. He laid aside all that he was to become the absolute servant of the Father who would make the demand to receive or to have accomplished in the Son what was necessary to bring his own into the salvation that he has covenanted to give us. All right, so here's the next thing. He's headed to the cross. This is Passover. He knew this was coming. He said just earlier in previous verses to his disciples, this is the Passover I have longed and desired to have with you. This Passover. Why? Because this Passover, we're going to see this as we go along. This Passover Christ himself said, I won't drink of the cup. I won't participate in this until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. The fulfilling 
is going on right now. Who knows? Today, right here, someone whose name has been in the Lamb Book of Life from Lamb's Book of Life from before the foundation of the world, today is called by God to be saved, to accomplish what God had covenanted with the Son from before the foundation of the world, the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. There might be another one today. I'm sure in the world there are those who are responding to the call of God and to his salvation. The fulfilling keeps going, keeps going. So he says, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to drink. And I'll talk about that as we get into the next point. But he's not going to drink of the cup until everything is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So this is his custom, to pray to the Father. And we've said this all the way through Luke. And you can say it through any of the Gospels. He withdraws by himself. Only he, can, only he can ask these things. He's God the Son who laid aside all that he was to come so that finally whatever happens, even in the glorification of all things, and to see the Son of God enthroned at the pinnacle of New Jerusalem, even that he can proclaim to us is by the will of the Father. So the humble, selfless Son of God to accomplish the covenant, we've talked about that quite a bit, we've read about it in the Bible, is the only one who can do now what must be done. So he prays alone all of these times and now for the will of the Father. He will understand it completely. I and my Father are one. And then moves to accomplish the will of the Father by the strength of the Holy Spirit. So, his custom, as always, was to pray. He had a place of prayer. He had, he had a position of prayer. He prayed to his Father. And only he could pray this prayer on this holy ground. We have to appreciate that. We have to understand that every time the Bible says, for example, he went up to a high mountain to pray and he was alone. That's because nobody else could hear the Father, could understand the Father, could pray to the Father, to ask, could ask the Father of what is next for the Son except the Son. So this is his custom. To pray to the Father. Secondly, the, his cup. Something is happening now to the Christ of God, to God the Son, that has never happened before. So when we read this, when we read this text, let's go back and look at it. It says, uh, he came to the place and told them to pray that they wouldn't enter into temptation. Withdrew, fell on his knees, praying, Father, if you're willing, take this cup away from me, yet not my will, 
but yours be done. Now, when uh, he speaks of this cup, it is a cup that is well-defined and identified in the Bible in both Testaments. Short version, it's the cup of God's wrath. It's mentioned, it's mentioned in Psalm 75, in Isaiah 51, in Jeremiah 25, in Job 21. And further mentioned in the Revelation 14. And let me just sort of sum all of that up for you. The Bible says in the Old Testament that God has mixed up a foamy wine that is his cup of wrath. It's in his cup of wrath. All evil people will be forced to drink of this cup. All the nations of the world will be forced to drink of this cup. However, some of us by the grace of God, will not have to because he did. They had just come from the upper room. And we know by reading the very traditions that existed in the day of Christ, what they did. They, they had four cups there. There was a cup of blessing. And then they'd read a portion of Exodus. There's a, a cup of sanctification or a cup of plagues, however you want to say it. Because the plagues showed that Israel was separate. God separated them from the plagues. The third cup is what was poured and the, the disciples drank. And that was the cup of redemption. The fourth cup, Christ, of course, will not drink. And that's the cup of acceptance. Jesus said, I won't drink it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Now let me follow up on what I was saying earlier. Known to God, but only known to us as it happens. People are coming to Christ by the will and purpose of God. According to his covenant, people are coming to Christ. Someone may come to Christ today. I never know. Because what has been determined by the Father and the Son through their covenant is being fulfilled. It's being fulfilled. Now, okay, let's think back what Christ said at the Last Supper. I won't drink this cup until it's fulfilled in the kingdom. The cup of acceptance. So, if you can imagine this infinitely glorious occasion when we are caught up from among the living and called out from among the dead and according to the plan of God, we are assembled at the great supper. Christ has already, we saw it here in Luke, Christ has already told the 11 that they would be noblemen. They would, they would sit with him at the head table. 
I'm back there somewhere. If you're in Christ, you're back there somewhere. But I want you to think of the pageantry and the glory, marriage supper. Well, there were attendants. John the Baptist was a friend of the bridegroom. Honored guests, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, others come from east and west. And the bride and the bridegroom are honored. And our Savior, enswathed in an indescribable glory that John the Revelator tries his best to describe. At the head table, lifts his cup. The cup of acceptance. And all has been fulfilled in the kingdom. And we all drink that cup. And we can drink that cup. Because Jesus is struggling and finally drank this cup. The cup of the wrath of God. In the Revelation 14, it's talked about how this cup is going to be that all of the earth dwellers, I call them earth dwellers in the book of the Revelation who haven't been saved. They're going to all have to drink this cup. He drank that cup so that you won't have to. The cup of the wrath of God. I cannot imagine. Let me preface that. There are three women here today who have known me since I was born and know the pages of the book of my life. Every paragraph, every point. I'll tell you right up front, most of them aren't very good. My mama is here. My sister who is older than me, you don't look older than me, but you are. <laughs> and my wife who is older than, well, no. They see, they've seen me all the time. I know that this is hard for some of you to believe, but I have done things wrong in my life. I've been a sinner. I've done cruel things. The little church where my daddy was pastor at the back of it. I mean, I don't know if I'm tell this or not, especially with Barbara here, but it's just the truth. And I still, it still haunts me. I was trying to pet a cat. Behind the church. This cat grabbed hold of me and threw up on me. I took that cat, you're not gonna laugh when I say this, I threw it up against the wall of that church. It fell dead. That's <laughs> funny, I know. Dead is four o'clock in the morning. I'm telling you, it was dead. Little old boy, and I walked over there and I thought, well. You shouldn't have thrown up on me, you know. <laughs> I shouldn't have killed that cat. I think about that a lot. I'm 68 years old. That, I was about nine years old when that happened. But I got to tell you something. There are a lot of other things I'm not going to tell you this morning. <laughs> a lot of things. I cannot imagine standing before God 
with all of my sins fastened to me. Having to drink the cup of his wrath. I cannot imagine it. I cannot imagine it. To drink the dregs of the foaming wine of the cup of his wrath because no one else drank it for me? The slightest of sins is the punishment of death. Carries with it the punishment of death. How many times am I going to have to die? Forever. Forever. It's the second death. I will die. I will be in a state of dying forever. Because I had to drink that cup myself. I cannot imagine having to stand in that place at that time before the judge of my life. Never having had someone else to drink that cup for me. I can't imagine it. Now let me tell you something. I've done a lot of bad things. I'm going to make the observation that there are probably people who have lived that have done worse things that I've done. Christ is now entering the time where, as Isaiah 53 talks about, and he finally cries out on the cross about it, where now, in some holy way I cannot understand, collapsed before the Father. And the Father is extending that cup to the Son. And the Son says, oh, is there any other way? You see, in our sin, in our sin, we struggle with holiness. In His holiness now, He's having to struggle with sin. Not just mine. But the sin of every person, all of his own, a lot of them been worse than me. Is there any other way? If you would just be willing to let this cup pass from me. I have no glory. I laid it aside. I will not arise in my own strength. It is your spirit that strengthens me and I will not do my will. Your will be done. And he starts drinking that cup. The cup of the wrath of God. You know, as bad as I feel still today, <laughs> killing that cat. He felt it. A lot of other things that are unspeakable that I won't say. The guilt of it, he feels it. He felt it. Not just mine. But of all those who are his. 
He felt it. He took it and he starts taking it now. The Passover sacrifice has to give its blood. So look now from his cup to his condition. Let's look at the passage again. Had to have an angel from heaven to strengthen him. You see that word agony up there in the Greek, agonia. It means to battle against death. It's a death struggle, agony in the Greek. Praying more earnestly. That word, that word earnestly in the Greek, ektenesteron. It's the word that is used to describe someone who is drawn and quartered. Your muscles are being stretched to the max. His sweat became like great drops of blood falling down upon the ground. That's actually a condition. I'm probably about to butcher this medical term. Hematidosis, 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 all right, that's what it is. <laughs> it's a rare condition, but it has been observed in medical history. It was observed and written about by a doctor who went to attend the soldiers after a horrific battle back in the Middle Ages, one of the soldiers had swollen, his capillaries had bursted, and in his sweat was blood. Extreme distress, torment of soul. It has been seen on rare occasions by those who were being carried to the gallows to die. Conditions are high blood pressure, swelling of the skin, Dehydration, and the capillaries are so, the skin is so swollen from the stress and distress, they burst. And the sweat mingles with the blood. And it looks like sweat. But it's blood mingled with sweat. Became like great drops of blood falling on the ground. This is the first this is the first of the Lamb of God giving his blood. Here's what's happening. When he says, not your will but mine, somehow between the Father and the Son, the cup of wrath now is in his hand. And the Father turns and walks away. So that finally on the cross, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The abandonment, the aloneness, the guilt and burden of my sins, 
And if you're in Christ, your sins, all of them being laid on him. And his flesh begins to burst forth with the blood of sacrifice. And he says to his disciples, why are you sleeping? Pray that you won't enter into temptation. What temptation? To forsake the Christ, to run, to curse and swear that you did not know him, to hide from him, to be tempted to deny him. Now, it was his custom to pray. It was his cup to drink. And it was his condition to be the sacrifice for me. And the blood started pouring right then. And it came forth from himself. As Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he who knew no sin became sin in my behalf that I might become the righteousness of God in him. Some wonderful day. I will be among the throngs, the assembly of heaven at that great supper. Because I have always known that he took the cup of wrath for me. He takes it for all of those who are saved so that we might raise the cup with him, the cup of acceptance. We're in the land of promise. Together with our Christ, our Savior, forever. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came into this world to save sinners. According to his word, if you will admit that you're a sinner, believe in Jesus. And in confession of sin, call on him to save you. Listen, God's bound by his word to save you. But you can only come that path if God calls you. You can't invent salvation for yourself. God does it. Maybe you're here today and you would come and take me by the hand in this invitation and say, Pastor, the salvation of God has come to me. I come to confess today that I'm a sinner and that the Christ of God, my Savior, took the cup that was supposed to have been mine. Let me pray with you and, sh and, and share in your joy. In just a moment when we stand up, come and share that with me and let me briefly counsel with you. Maybe you're here and you're already a Christian and this is where God wants you to plant your life as a believer. You come and we'll take care of all the details.
of church membership if that's what God wants in your life. Father God in heaven, Lord, this is your moment, your time. We're powerless. Totally dependent upon the movement and power of your Holy Spirit according to your will. Speak to our hearts as you see fit. And be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing. Would you come as we sing? As the Lord speaks to you, you come.